Uh, but to turn your Bibles in, uh, to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5 and verse 4. Now when he had left speaking, this is talking about Jesus, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for our draft. Uh, let's open up a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house again. Lord, thank you for the ones that have come out. We just pray that uh, we would be blessed, encouraged, and challenged through the Word of God this morning. Lord, thank you for what you are doing here in Roseville, and we thank you for what you're doing in Greenland. Uh, give your blessings, Lord, upon the service this morning. Uh, thank you already for the singing, Lord, and just, uh, just the, the sweet spirit here. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's a lot uh, about the sea, uh, about boats, about fishermen in the Gospels, right? As you read through the Gospels, you see that. Uh, how many of the disciples were fishermen? Uh, f- at least four of them, right? So that's one-third of the disciples were fishermen. Uh, Jesus did a lot of traveling around the Sea of Galilee, right? Uh, how many times do we read about Jesus and boats, right? Uh, the Bible says he sat in the boat, he uh, stood in the boat, he slept in the boat, right? Uh, the Bible says Jesus went to the cities and the villages preaching and teaching. He went to the rich and to the poor, right? He went to the upper class and to the outcast. Uh, in the book of Acts, we read about the Macedonian call. Remember the vision that Paul had? And the Bible says that immediately Paul loosed from Troas. What does that mean? That means he got on a boat, <laughs> right? He got on a boat so he could take the gospel to the people there in Macedonia. Uh, what about the songs in our songbook that deal with the sea? And I was just looking up some of them. Uh, Jesus saves, right? Uh, we've heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves, uh, spread the tidings all around, bear the news to every land, climb the steeps and cross the waves, onward tis our Lord's command, uh, wafted on the ro- rolling tide, uh, tell the sinners far and wide, sing ye islands of the sea, echo back ye ocean caves, you know, on and on. Um, another one, good one that we sing a lot of times um, is uh, send the light, you read the words to send the light, uh, it's very similar, it deals with the sea, uh, how about throw out the lifeline, right, another good one. <laughs> um, that song, that song was actually written by a Baptist who ministered in New England throughout the lifeline. But as I read the Gospels, uh, they remind me of Greenland. <laughs> uh, in Greenland, we have a lot of boats. We have the sea. Uh, we have villages. Uh, we have a lot of fishermen. Now, we live in the Disco Bay. Now, the, the word disco has nothing to do with uh, disco music or anything, okay? That's, just, that's the Danish word for disco. Uh, the, uh, there's actually an island called the Disco Island not far from Greenland where we live. And it, I guess it's kind of somewhat in a round shape, so they call it Disco Island. So then they call the bay the Disco Bay. Uh, but we live 200 miles north of the Arctic Circle, and uh, where there's uh, 11 other towns in the Disco Bay. Uh, and there's, there's uh, several towns on that island. And uh, those uh, towns can only be reached by boat. Uh, there's no roads, as I was telling you earlier, there's no roads in Greenland that you can drive, from, drive on from one town to the next. Uh, there's only 10 airports in the entire country. So you have all these towns and villages in Greenland, 70 towns and villages in all. But in our, in our area, there's 11 other towns and villages in that bay. Uh, but there's lots of fishermen, of course, in Eluduset. Uh, if you're not a fisherman, then you're related to someone who is a fisherman. And, of course, uh, you, if you're not related, you know lots of fishermen. And uh, actually, uh, our children, uh, our girls work for a fisherman. <laughs> and our son, he used to work for a fisherman, too, as well. Uh, but lots of fishermen and lots of boats because fishermen use boats, right? <laughs> um, just like Americans, you know, we have cars, sometimes two, three cars. In Greenland, they have two, three boats. Uh, the fishermen, of course, they, they, they rely on their boat, right? They need the boat in order to fish. Uh, so there are lots of boats. And then in the summertime, uh, you have everyone putting their, their boats in, in the water. Even, even if they're not fishermen, they have uh, one or two boats. 
and uh, everybody puts their boats in the, in the water. Now, our harbor is very small. I don't know if you saw the pictures a little bit of the harbor, but it's very small. Uh, and in the, in the summer, they put these pontoon docks uh, in the harbor, and everybody ties their boats up to these docks. And, uh, you know, sometimes you'll be watching the harbor, and you'll see a boat coming in, and you're thinking uh, there, there's nowhere for that boat to tie up. And you'll see that boat come. It'll come uh, get in between two other boats, and it'll just start ramming those two boats with his boat until those boats slowly separate, and then he can get in that little spot to tie up. <laughs> now, if you, if you try that in America, you'll you probably uh, 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 get shot, right? <laughs> um, we call it bumper boats. That's what we call it in Greenland. Uh, you know, our boat is too big to tie on the docks. We have to anchor our boat, and we still have boats that run into our, our boat. Uh, but that's the way the harbor is, just so many boats, boats on top of boats. Uh, but look at uh, verse number one. It says, It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, upon who? Jesus, to hear the word of God, he, what? Stood by the lake of Nazareth and saw. He stood and saw. In this passage, there's a progression of God's work in the life of a person. We, hear, we see here that Jesus was on the shore. You know, the safest place to be is on the shore. You know, when you're on the shore, you don't have to worry about drowning, do you? Uh, when you're on the shore, you don't have to worry about your boat sinking, right? Amen? Uh, the safest place is to be on the shore. Uh, how many of you ever been out in the deep sea? We were talking about fishing earlier, but any, have you ever been out there where you couldn't see uh, land? Uh, that's a scary place to be. Well, it depends on what kind of vessel you're in, right? And uh, we've been in some scary vessels in Greenland. Uh, this Bible college student came before to visit us. He wanted to do an intern, and uh, I took him seal hunting. Now, in Greenland, that's legal, okay? I've, had, I've been in the States before, and people say, that's not legal. Well, in Greenland, it's legal to hunt seals. All year long, you can hunt seals. Well, I took this uh, Bible college student uh, seal hunting with a native, and uh, the native had this small uh, vessel, 12 feet, uh, no top to it, and uh, we were out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, then he shut, my native friend shut the motor off, and then he reached down in the bottom of the boat, and on, on the floor, he removed a little part of the boat, <laughs> And then there's water in there. And then he started bowing the water out with a little cup. And that Bible college student, he looked at me and he said, is it safe to be out here? And I, I said, it's too late to ask that. <laughs> Let's pray, amen. <laughs> uh, but the safest place is definitely to, is, is on the shore, isn't it? Uh, in our, in, our, uh, in Lutasat, we actually have a glacier right beside our town. And it's, they say it's one of the most productive glaciers in the world. Put, puts out lots of ice. There's enough ice coming out every day that could supply New York City with fresh water for a year. So you think about, you saw the pictures, of course, you saw the pictures of ice. There's always icebergs in the water. Some are huge icebergs the size of, you know, football stadiums. Uh, And then there's others that are just small chunks of ice everywhere. We had a guy from Alaska visit us one time, and uh, he looked out the window the first morning, and he said, "Um, I didn't remember that mountain. And I I said, oh, brother, that's that's not a mountain. That's an iceberg. And uh, he said, "Uh, I'm from Alaska. I know what an iceberg is. (laughs) So I didn't say anything. About two hours later, he looked out the window, and he said, the mountain moved. <laughs> but there's then, there, like I told you, there's lots of small chunks of ice. And there's been times that we were out in the water, and, uh, you know, there's nowhere to go. We just had to run into the ice. And there have been times that we, we hit that ice, and the whole boat shudders and shakes. And, and uh, I've been praying, Lord, please, dear God, get me, get me back to shore safely. I, I, if you get me back to shore, I'll never get on another boat. <laughs> of course, uh, Lord uh, had other plans for us. Amen. We've uh, started a, the boat ministry. Uh, but there's also two currents in our bay, a current coming one way and a current coming the opposite way. And there's been times, you know, you're sailing through there and you've got big icebergs coming this way, big icebergs coming this way, and you've got to figure out what to do. Should you gun it or do you try to go in reverse? Uh, but the safest place to be is on the shore, right? Um, each year, a lot of people are lost at sea in Greenland. 
Uh, I mean, it's a dangerous place. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns when you're out in the sea. Uh, I don't know if you remember the tsunami that hit Greenland a few years ago. Uh, there was an earthquake, shook part of the mountain, and uh, the mountain, there's like a, a landslide, uh, fell into the water, and it sent a tidal wave toward this village. And uh, there was a family sleeping in their house uh, close to the shore, and uh, the water came and just swept that house right in, into the sea, and the family was lost. I think in all, five people were killed that day. Uh, but there was an organization, there is an organization in Europe that tracks uh, tsunamis. They track earthquakes. Uh, they have a radar system, and they could tell that that tsunami was on its way to that little village in Greenland, but they had no way of warning that village. You know, they could warn the, the big cities, but they had no way of warning the small villages. You know, there's an organization today called the Lighthouse Baptist Church, amen? <laughs> and they have a radar system that predicts the coming judgment of God upon sinners. And there's a warning system put in place by Jesus Christ himself called missions, amen, the Great Commission. And in the Bible, uh, there, the sea is a picture of humanity, right? It's a picture of the nations of the world. And the Lord wants us to get involved in missions, amen? You know, too many people are standing on the shore watching everyone else do the work. Uh, don't remain on the shore, amen? Yes, the safest place may be on the shore, but the fish are in the sea. Uh, look at verse number 2. It says, And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. So here we see the disciples were washing their nets. That means they were in the water, right? They got their feet wet. <laughs> they were wading in the water, washing their nets. And we need to get into the water. Uh, we need to get our feet wet. You know, when you first get in that water, if you're swimming, uh, sometimes it's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> it's cold, right? You put your toe in the water. Oh, it's cold. But uh, slowly you get into that water, right? And slowly you uh, get comfortable, right? Then you don't want to get out, right? You enjoy it. And that's the way uh, missions is. That's the way God's work is. You know, at first you, you may feel a little uncomfortable, right? You got to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, but after a while, you know what? You begin to enjoy the work of God. Amen. Um, you know, my father-in-law, uh, he is uh, 70, he's going to be 72 years old this year. And uh, you know what? He's gotten his feet wet. Amen. Uh, you know, he's, uh, you can't make an excuse that you're too old, right? Uh, because uh, he has come to Greenland and he's helped us get that boat ministry up and running. And a few years ago, please don't tell him I said this, Pastor Byler, but a few years ago, he literally got his feet wet and jumped in the water. <laughs> uh, you, I told you how the, the, uh, the docks are just boat after boat, all crammed in there. Well, we have a gummy boat that we use to get to our boat, and we tie our gummy boat uh, at the docks. Well, my father-in-law and my son Chip, who's not here, they were, they were uh, in the boat, and my father-in-law was standing up a little bit. Uh, he said, I think there was a little water in the boat because it rained, so he, he didn't want to sit in the boat. But he's also trying, he was trying to get himself out. Stuck, they were stuck between two big boats, and he's trying to get himself out. And then when he pushed the, uh, out, the, the gummy boat moved, and he moved too. And he went into the water with, you know, it's, it's the Arctic. It's summertime, but the water is still like 33 degrees. So he had his, you know, his coat on, his overalls on, his boots on. And uh, he went in that water. And, you know, of course, God definitely, God definitely protected him. And, uh, you know, he didn't wear a life jacket. Uh, you know, he's too manly for that. <laughs> but, uh, but praise the Lord, uh, Chris was, you know, he's a lot smaller back then. Now Chris is over six feet. But Chris was, you know, Chris was in the boat trying to help him, and he was yelling for help. It just happened to be where there's nobody at the harbor. The harbor's always the busiest place in town, but it was right at supper time. So nobody was there. Chris was yelling, and, and uh, two men heard, and they came. They helped pull, pull we call him Pop-Up, pull, pull Pop-Up out of the water. <laughs> uh, but he got his feet wet, right? And uh, you know what? We need to get in the water, don't we? We need to get our feet wet. Look at uh, verse 3. It says, he entered into one of the ships. This is Jesus, right? Jesus stepped into one of the boats. Now, remember, in the beginning, it says that there were two ships standing by the lake, and what? The fishermen were gone out of them. So how many boats were there in the beginning? Two, right? And, who, and how many people were on those boats in the beginning? 
Zero, right? Two empty boats, amen? But Jesus got into the boat, didn't he? And you and I, we need to get into the boat with Jesus. And I think about the potential that Jesus saw. He saw these two empty vessels not being used. And if those boats were being used, just think of all the fish that they could catch. What potential was there? Amen? And I think about here today, what potential do we have here this morning? And you may say, well, we're not a lot of people, but um, the disciples, they were, they were just a few disciples, right? Uh, what potential? Uh, those few disciples turned the world upside down with the gospel. What potential do we have here this morning? Are you uh, willing to let God use you? Or are you like one of those vessels sitting empty, not being used? You know, God wants to use each and every one of us. You know, uh, he, you may say, well, what can I do for God? You know, I'm not talented or I'm not gifted. Well, you know, that's what I thought when God called me to Greenland. Uh, I remember seeing those uh, pictures the first time of Brother Forney uh, in, uh, in the Arctic of Canada and thinking I could never do anything like that. <laughs> uh, you know, who am I? You know, me, my wife and I, we laughed for years, you know, that God had to scrape the bottom of the barrel, amen, when he chose us and called us. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we were there, amen. We were available. And are you available? Are you available this morning? If God wants to use you, are you available or are you just an empty vessel that is not being used? You know, I, I told you uh, about the tax problem we had in Greenland. I didn't finish the story. Uh, we had that money. Some of you are probably thinking, man, all that money they had. <laughs> uh, we had some money left over. Uh, I told you that we had that tax problem. Churches gave. God uh, uh, brought the bill way down. Well, at the same time, there was a building in Greenland up for sale, a 2,000 square foot. You know, that's big for Greenland, 2,000 square feet. And uh, we were able to use the rest of that money to buy that building. And we asked churches, hey, do you mind if we put the money toward a building instead of taxes? And every single one said, yes, please put the money toward, toward the building. Amen. And we lived in that building for six and a half years. Uh, but um, uh, when we got that building, it was, there was a lot of things that needed to be repaired. And uh, there, was, uh, there was a man that came to visit us. And then uh, when he, after he left, he sent us a box of tools. And uh, the best way to describe it is they were, uh, they were worn out, used tools. <laughs> Uh, there was a level that wasn't really level, and we didn't realize that until after we installed uh, some windows and doors. <laughs> um, there was a hammer. The first time I used a hammer, the claws went flying off the back. Uh, there was a table saw from probably from the 60s, and uh, parts of it broken. Um, uh, there was uh, just a lot of worn out, broken tools there. And then we, uh, we, uh, not long after, we had a group of men uh, come to, uh, to visit us, and they were going to help us remodel the church. And uh, when, they, when the, the main guy in charge, he was a master carpenter. When he came and he saw the tools, I could see in his face, you know, he kinda, he's kind of laughing. He's like, I've heard these stories about, about missionaries uh, receiving these kinds of uh, things, but this, you know, this takes the cake. And, um, you know, he didn't complain. He didn't complain. He used what was available, amen? And, uh, you know, he was actually used a Sawzall. Now, Sawzall, to me, I, you know, I'm, not a, I'm not a carpenter. I've, I've learned to do everything I, I have to in Greenland to survive. But uh, usually a Sawzall is when you want to remove and destroy stuff, demolish stuff, right? And he used a Sawzall to, to uh, cut a hole in a, in, a, in a countertop to install the sink. <laughs> and uh, you know what? When he was done, you couldn't tell. Uh, you know, um, all, he used what is available. He didn't sit around complaining, oh, I wish you had this tool. I wish you had that. No, he used what was available. And when he was done, he turned it into something beautiful. Amen. You know, there's a master carpenter, Jesus Christ. And you know what? I mean, he has a job to do, and he goes to the tool shed. You know what? He looks in there, and he doesn't say, oh, I wish brother so-and-so was here. I wish sister so-and-so was here. No, he takes what is available, amen? And you may say, well, I'm just a worn-out, broken tool. Well, God can use you if you're in that tool shed, amen? God can use you. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're saved and you're available, God wants to use you in his work, and uh, there's no excuse, Amen. Let God use you in, in the master's hand. Yeah, it, just a tool by itself can't do anything. You ever realize that? You know, even power tools. You know, I'm not a carpenter, so sometimes I buy a power tool and that's dangerous, amen. Uh, 
but a tool can't do anything in of its own, right? But in a master carpenter's hand, in the carpenter's hand, it can be used to do something uh, great, right? And when God's done, it's always something beautiful. So let God use you this morning. Let God uh, take your life and, and just be available, amen? Uh, but uh, Peter was glad, right, that he stepped into the boat with Jesus. He was glad he let Jesus have control of his boat, of his possessions. And we need to let Jesus have control of our lives, of our things. Look at verse uh, 3 again, uh, part B. And Jesus prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. It's not enough just to get into the boat, but now you need to thrust out a little from the shore. You want to experience God's blessings? Then thrust out a little. Try God, amen, and see what God will do through you. He can do the impossible, amen? I mean, we're in Greenland. That's a miracle. I mean, there's times that before, uh, before we went to Greenland, I, I would wake up in a cold sweat thinking, what am I doing? I'm leaving everything behind that I know in America, and I'm going to the mission field. And one time, Brother Forney asked me, he said, would you like to say something before you leave to, you know, to the missionaries? And I was telling him that. And he's like, no, don't say that. <laughs> uh, but I was scared to death, amen? But God, with God, all things are possible, Amen. And you know what? You may say, I'm afraid. What, what, what do I do? You know, well, just thrust out a little. You know, you can um, thrust out a little from the shore, and you can give out gospel tracts here, right here in Roseville. Amen? Uh, you can go to Wendell, give out some gospel tracts, right? You're not that far from the shore. You can still see the shore, right? Uh, you can still see the, uh, the Lighthouse Baptist Church, right? Uh, you need to thrust out a little. Amen? Uh, don't be afraid uh, to let God use you. Uh, look at verse 3, the last part. It says, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Uh, he taught the people. Uh, Jesus uh, preached the gospel to the people on shore, didn't he? You know, we have a gospel boat. It's uh, in Greenlandic. It says on the side, Evangelio. Uh, and that's the word uh, for gospel in Greenlandic. And you know what? Uh, our boat uh, is not the first gospel boat. The first gospel boat was Peter's boat. Amen. Jesus used that boat as a pulpit and he preached the gospel to those people on shore that had never heard the gospel. Amen. And uh, we have big plans for our boat. We want, we want to use that boat. We were telling you a little bit this morning how we go to these villages, we give out gospel tracts, we make friends with people, and our desire is to go back and, and uh, one day try to establish uh, you know, a, a church, uh, try to see if there's, uh, there's people that will get saved and, and, and we'll want to you know, start off with a Bible study, start off any way we can, amen? Uh, but that's our desire, a lot of plans you know, uh, in, our, in our minds. And, of course, you have plans here as well. You know, we all have plans, Amen. Um, but we need to thrust out a little, don't we? If, we? if we just stay on the shore, then forget our plans, amen? Uh, we'll never know what God can do through us if we just stay on the shore. Look at verse 4. It says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets, uh, let your nets for a draft. Uh, once you thrust it out a little, God is still not through, is he? He says, Launch out into the deep. Total surrender, right? Let go and let God. Uh, that could be a scary place in your lives, right? Just to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I am going to do it. I'm willing. Just show me, right? That's a scary place to be, isn't it? Are you willing to get in the boat with Jesus? Are you willing to thrust out a little? Are you willing to launch out into the deep? Uh, look at verse uh, 4, the last part. Let down your nets for a draft. Uh, and then verse 5, And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. See, the disciples, they were done fishing, weren't they? Uh, they had already washed their nets. I mean, they had labored and toiled all night long. You know, fishing is hard work, isn't it? Now, not the fishing. We're talking a little bit about, you know, going out with a fishing rod on the weekend, right, enjoying yourself. No, we're talking about when fishing is your uh, livelihood, when you have to do that every day. You know, some of the toughest people that, I, that I've ever seen are the Greenlanders. I mean, those fishermen are tough people. I mean, nothing stops them from fishing. I mean, they get, they're determined. They go out there and they catch fish. They're up early and they, they stay out late. 
I mean, they are some determined people. And the disciples, you know, they, they weren't lazy fishermen. You know that, right? Uh, they knew how to fish. Uh, but they had labored all night, caught nothing, and it was quitting time. Uh, have you ever been there before, been tired, been late, maybe, maybe in the work of the Lord? The Bible says not to be weary in the work of the Lord. And sometimes we can get weary in the work of the Lord. Uh, a few years ago, there was uh, this, this boat uh, with uh, five people on board, and they, they hit one of those uh, rocks sticking up out of the water. We call them the, uh, uh, we call, what do we call them, the water, uh, water mountain, uh, sea mountain, yeah. And, um, of course, they put a hole in their boat, and the boat began to sink. And uh, somebody was able to radio for help before the boat uh, sank completely. And uh, we, you know, we were, uh, the next morning, we were out in our gospel boat. Now, this is a big area, a big, huge area, but there's a radio you can use for if there's an emergency. It's the only time you're allowed to use that radio, but you can also hear everybody on the radio. And uh, the search and rescue, they were giving out uh, the coordinates, uh, the GPS coordinates of that boat. And they were, they were giving an update every hour and uh, talking about you know, trying to find the people that were, that were lost at sea. And they were able to find one survivor, and they, found, they recovered one body. And I remember you know, all day we hear them giving out, you know, just giving an update. And I remember in the afternoon, they finally said that the search was over. They were done. They couldn't find the other three, but they were quitting. You know, and that's kind of a surreal moment just hearing that, thinking of people that were perishing, or they probably already died, right? And they were done, done with the search. You know, Jesus never takes a day off from fishing, amen? Uh, Jesus uh, never quits uh, 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 in, in his desire to see people saved, right? And who does he use to see people saved? He uses you and I, he uses the local church, Amen. Uh, he gave the commission. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to what? Every creature. The Bible says that uh, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, he said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. And if you're here uh, this, this morning and you're lost, you're not saved, uh, you can be saved. Amen. The gospel is to you. And if you're sinking in the sea right now, perishing in your sins, well, the gospel invitation is to you, and you can be rescued. You can be saved today by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. Uh, because, you know what, the Bible says all have sinned, right? We're all sinners. We can't save ourselves. And that's what we're trying to teach the people in Greenland. You are not good. They think they're good. You ask them, they say, yes, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, go through the Ten Commandments. Have you broken the law? Uh, yes. Uh, are you good? Yes. <laughs> um, you have to realize you're a sinner, don't you? That's why Jesus Christ died. Uh, why in the world would Jesus Christ die on the cross for sins if, if you're a good person? Uh, he died on the cross because he loves, uh, loved us, right? The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. But uh, Jesus never takes a day off from fishing for men, amen? And um, the fishermen in Eleutisat, I was talking about them, you know, they don't quit. Just because the, the harbor freezes over with ice, they don't stop fishing. Sometimes even the coast, the coast of, uh, of the town will freeze over. Uh, but you saw in the video them pulling that boat up on the ice. That's what they do. When, it, when, it, when it's ice, they'll pull their boats up to the, to the edge of the ice, they'll put it in the water, and they'll fish. And when they come back from fishing, they pull their boats up back up on the ice. Uh, they don't quit fishing. That's their livelihood, right? They have to keep fishing. And uh, you and I, we must keep fishing. We must not quit. Uh, we must be determined. Uh, we need that determination that we're not going to stop no matter what, no matter what comes in our lives, no matter what trials come in our lives, we're going to keep fishing, right? We're going to keep fishing. And the disciples, you know, they were, they were tired. They toiled all night. They said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Amen. At thy word, I will let down the net. I know and, uh, when I read this passage, it reminds me of, of the ministry and, you know, for me specifically, Pioneer Missions. 
I mean, I think about the times that I've spent, you know, the, the hours and the, and the days and the weeks and the months uh, studying the language, uh, trying to translate, you know, uh, just getting, uh, just being weary getting, and toiling all the time and, you know, knocking on doors, trying to get people to, to listen, trying to get people to come out to the, to the service, you know, trying to reach out to people and, and getting discouraged, you know, having obstacle after obstacle and, and, and at times wanting to quit and saying, Lord, I, I've toiled all night and got nothing. <laughs> it's quitting time, time to put the nets away. <laughs> But nevertheless, at thy word. Amen. Look at verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. <laughs> How many times when we have been discouraged, you know, and we listened to the Lord's command, and we went a little further, amen, we cast that net, and God gave the increase. You know, when you do things in your own strength, you're never going to succeed, are you? But when we let God, when we do, let, we let, we do it in God's strength, amen, in God's power, God can give the increase, amen. We need to listen to the Lord's leading, don't we? You know, and I thank the Lord for what he's done in Greenland. Yes, there's a, it's just a small, small work. But we thank the Lord for what he's done. Uh, children, quoting John 3.16. Children memorizing the Romans Road. Even adults memorizing the Romans Road. Eleven verses. And the Romans Road in Greenlandic is a lot longer than the Romans Road in English. <laughs> and, um, and we just praise the Lord for all the ones that have heard the gospel in their own language in Greenlandic. That's a miracle. Amen. Uh, we praise the Lord that we've gone a little further. Uh, we, one time uh, we gave a gospel track out to this woman. Uh, she's walking by the church. We gave her a gospel track. A year later, she uh, contacted us and said, uh, she said, I have my ticket. Can I come to church now? <laughs> Amen. Uh, we don't know, right? We have to cast out the seed, right? Or we have to cast out the net, right? And, and uh, we know that uh, the Lord will do the rest, right? We just have to be obedient and we have to be, have to be willing. We don't know what people are, are going to, what's going on in people's hearts and their minds. We don't know if people are ready, you know, but where, the, where the ground is right and, and ready for them to be saved. We don't know, but all we can do is cast the net, cast the seed. Amen. And uh, we know we, sometimes in, on the Pioneer Mission Field, you have to plow up that ground first on you. Get rid of those stones. Get rid of those rocks before you can plant the seed. Amen? Uh, but don't quit, right? Don't quit. I told you about the story of the man that for 10 years told me, you know, uh, well, actually, he lost contact for 10 years, but he said he would never come to the Baptist church. But he's been to the Baptist church many, many times, heard the gospel in his own language many, many times. Amen? Uh, over and over again, that's happened. Uh, just don't quit. Keep on giving the gospel out. Amen? Look at verse 7. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled what? Both the ships, so that they began to sink. How many ships were there in the beginning? And how many people were on them? Zero, right? Now how many ships are being used? Both ships are being used. And guess what? The, both ships are sinking. <laughs> uh, this, the, the Peter, right? James and John, they saw the greatest catch of fish ever that day. And the question is, what, what will they do now, right? What will they do now? Will they, uh, I mean, that's a lot of fish. They could sell those fish. They could, they could invest into the business, buy a new boat, buy new nets. I mean, they could really uh, uh, improve their business, right? Is that what they did? What's the Bible say? Look at verse number uh, 10. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch what? Men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. They left all behind. Can you imagine that, leaving all behind to follow Jesus? Amen. Uh, they weren't afraid to launch out into the deep, were they? Uh, and a few years later, they saw the greatest catch of men on the day of Pentecost. I know they were glad that they listened to Jesus. I know they were glad they got in the boat with Jesus. I know they're glad that they listened and launched out into the deep. Amen. Uh, Several years ago, there was another boat. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of sad stories in Greenland, but there was a boat with a 12-year-old, 12-year-old boy, his parents, and his, and his uncle. 
and uh, they were sailing, and they hit an iceberg. And the three adults fell overboard, and the 12-year-old boy was left, uh, left by himself on that boat, and he didn't know how to operate the boat, uh, and they had no GPS locator on their boat. Uh, so all he could do was get on the radio and cry out for help. And the boy cried for hours. He was crying out for help, uh, asking someone to rescue him. And finally, uh, a fisherman found him and rescued him. But his family, those, those parents, his parents and his uncle were lost at sea, never found. Uh, they perished. You know, and I think about, about spiritually all the souls that are already perished in their sins. And it breaks my heart to think about people that have lost, people in green. It breaks my heart to think about people before we got there, you know. Because they've had the truth. You know, at one point, everybody's had the truth. You realize that, right? At one point, everybody's had the truth and turned away from it. If they're not saved, you realize that, don't you? If you look at the history, amen? At one point, we had Noah, right, and his sons. Everybody had the truth. At one point, they had to turn away from it. And now we're taking the gospel to them. Uh, but it breaks my heart to think about the people that have already perished in their sins. But you know what? There are people that are in the sea right now crying out for help. You know, they may not even know what they need. Their, life's in a, their lives are a mess, right? Their, their sin has ruined them. Sin has ravished them. Sin has destroyed them. And they're crying out for help. And you and I, we have the hope, amen? We have the hope of eternal life, Jesus Christ. And we can take that to them. And we can see them rescued, amen? The Bible says, or the song we sing, Rescue the Perishing, amen? What a good song. We need to rescue those that are perishing in their sins. You know, there's some that are already perished. It's too late for them, but there's others that are crying out. And we need to reach them. You know, a song that I was just uh, thinking about, we mentioned a little while ago, Throw Out the Lifeline. If you ever read the words of that song, it says, uh, Throw out the lifeline across the dark wave. There is a brother whom someone should save, somebody's brother. Oh, who then will dare to throw out the lifeline, his peril to share? Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is drifting away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is sinking today. You know, and just think about the souls that are sinking today. People in Greenland that have committed suicide. People that we knew, neighbors, people in the prison that I gave the gospel to, committed suicide. You know, afterwards, and just, you know, don't know what happened. You know, we, they heard the gospel. What, what could I have done differently, you know? Could we have learned the language faster and better? Could we have reached more people? You know, it just breaks my heart. The souls that are drifting away, sinking and perishing in Greenland and also here in America. Amen? I mean, we see these people. We get angry at them sometimes because of their beliefs, right? They're acting like sinners. <laughs> They're lost people. And we've got to get the gospel to them. We have the only hope. Amen. That's why we've gone to Greenland, because we believe the word of God right here. That's why you're here this morning. Amen. Because you believe this book. You've been saved. Amen. You've been saved. Your life has been transformed and changed. And you know that that's the only thing that can save this world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there is an organization today. That might not be the best word, but there is a local church. Amen. And they have a warning system, right? A radar system, the word of God. And we have the warning system missions, right? And we all need to get, be a part of missions. If it's right here in your uh, home church, amen, you need to be reaching your neighbor, right? Reaching uh, across the street, uh, across the city, right? Across the state, across the country, and across the world, amen? And you have to start in the local church, you know that, right? <laughs> That's where it all begins. If you're not faithful here in your local church, how can God call you anywhere else? Uh, you have to be faithful right here. But don't be afraid to launch out into the deep, because remember, the one who said, launch out into the deep, is the same one that walked on the water. Amen. Uh, Pastor?